are listening to James Lock Blue Community Radio. Radio. <laughs> this is Stephen Hawking, and you are listening to the Open Mic Podcast. You ain't no nerd. Scoot up a little bit. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Podcast. Andy, how's it going? Yes. I'm here. All right. <laughs> made it. What a day. Huh? We just sat here silently for a while, getting ready for the show, like we always like to do. Um, yeah, what a day is, right? I, uh, I've been out in the sun putting a swing set together that's consumed an entire week of my life. And it's not together yet. But So it's nice to come here. It's a nice break. Not that it's not always a nice break, but we do have a guest today. Andy, you want to introduce him? We do. We have um, MMA uh, fighter and uh, head instructor of Fearless MMA, uh, Patrick Delgado. All right. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks Patrick, for thanks for being here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Now, I have actually met you before. You probably don't remember, but I came to a King of the Ring thing at your... At Fearless, because yep. my nephew Alex Sheridan used to go there. Yeah, yeah. So I watched him, and I think Scott did it too for a little while. But but it, I was pretty impressed watching the whole thing, and it was it was neat. It was fun to watch, and you got a whole little family down there. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's it's so much more than just fighting, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Alex and Scott, oh, they were great kids. Yeah. It got kind of busy though, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah. Had to cut out for a little while. I don't, I don't think Scott... Scott didn't care for it too much, but Alec loved it. Yeah. And he was doing it, but nah, he just ends up getting a little too busy. If I recall, I think they were always getting at each other, brother versus brother. Yeah. <laughs> how that can happen sometimes. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So. But how long have you had Fearless? It's about the, the fifth year now. Um, it, it would be five years in, in March. So, oh, wow. Yeah, about four and a half, I suppose. Now, you fight too, right? Yeah. I thought I seen that you were fought down in Beloit a time or two, and yep, um, yeah. I've been. Uh, I got a. I got another fight coming up in October, but yeah, I've been pretty. I've been not too active lately. Like once I opened up the gym, I've only committed to fighting here and there, just because it's pretty time consuming. And you're you know? getting uh, you're getting other guys ready for their fights, right? Yeah. Like, so or how many guys do you have that that go out and fight like? On like a local, is it like a local circuit kind of deal? Or how does yeah, we probably have about twelve and fourteen at any given time on our fight team, and uh, most of it's local. Although we do have a few that go, you know, regional. We've been out to Minnesota and you know Minneapolis, and we've done Chicago a few times. Yeah, you know, we've been up to Green Bay. You know, mostly nice. mostly regional, but you know, the goal is to get to Vegas. I went out to Bellator too with a couple with one of my guys too and we were in Salt Lake City for that one really pretty good how'd that go well he lost 
Yeah. It was huh? okay, you know. Yeah. He, he actually fought against uh, um, the ramp, you know, Rampage, yeah. Rampage Jackson, and fought one of his guys. And, oh, I thought uh, you were gonna say he fought Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, yeah. No, it was it was actually kind of cool though. We uh, we went out there and and Rampage was in his corner, and I was in my 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 guy's corner. Like, yeah. And so I was cornered against Rampage, staring him down across the cage. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man. Like, I saw you bust through that hollow door on the Ultimate Fighter. I'm not impressed. Yeah. I should have took my chain. But yeah. That'd have been awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, after, after the fight, after the fight, it was, real, like, it was really tense, some tense moments leading up to the fight. You know, we have the, the press, and they have the, um, you know, the weigh-ins. And then, you know, so we're just, like, you know, everyone's fully maxed out with adrenaline, yeah. you know, the whole time. And uh, after... After the fight's all said, and then we all, you know, get checked over by the medicals, and we all met in the doctor's office, and it was a really cool rampage. Actually, pretty funny, funny guy. And I was like, "Hey, let me borrow your chain. Come on, let me take a picture with it." He's like, "No, no one borrows my chain. No one. Not even this female. He had a, you know, one of those really hot ladies next to him. She doesn't, she doesn't get the dime piece. Yeah. Yeah, Did you get a picture with him? Yeah, got a couple. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Now, in your fights, how many are they considered pro fights? Yeah, yeah, I'm a pro. What's your record? Well, officially, I'm three and one. Yeah. But uh, I had, like I had a lot of before the rules kicked over. There's a lot of regulations that started. Um, Wisconsin used to be kind of, you know, run on its own. We had you know amateur fights, professional fights, and you just kind of say, I'm fighting pro, I'm getting paid, and we're doing five minute rounds, and uh, Unfortunately, some of those fights are unsanctioned, and so when the, the UFC actually came in, everything had to be by the book. And, and so when that happened, like my record went back to zero and zero. Oh, okay. Since then I'm three and one. But I, you know, a lot. I guess I have a lot of amateur fights. What does it technically mean to be sanctioned? A sanctioned fight? Is just it just that, a set of rules? Yeah, and... just a set of rules you follow by, and then also the state of Wisconsin has uh, they had their own refs that come in, they have their own uh, doctors and you know, their own judges, basically their own officials, second officials, and people that watch you wrap your hands and make sure that you don't, you know, cheat or put any, you know, substance on your on your gloves. It's the person that grabs your face and you have to smile and show them your yeah, mouth guard yeah, and then they true. rub stuff on your eyes. and Exactly. So I was at, uh, <clears throat> I was at a pro wrestling show last weekend and uh, one of the guys got... Uh, Salt in the eye. The ref didn't see it, right? Now that's probably not legal in MMA, right? I'm guessing. I'm just going out there, but yeah, we're definitely yeah. not legal. <laughs> no fire in the eyes, no nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. But now people can jump off the cage, though, can't they? Um, I mean, after the fight, after the victory, they can. They can. Well, I guess you can like walk up the side of it and yeah, jump at somebody. You definitely right? can. You can do that. I mean, it's, I think There's, I saw your eye favor do that one time and long time ago. Yeah, not guys, in UFC, but if you guys know Anthony Pettis from uh, Milwaukee, he's got his own patented Showtime kick. He just flings off the cage and throws the kick. Yeah. So yeah, we saw him fight in Milwaukee actually for the yeah, hometown yeah. throwdown. Yeah, yeah. And then his brother's quite the fighter too. Yeah. I can't think what his name is, but Sergio. Yeah. yeah. What's the hardest you ever like? Have you been knocked out? No. Not at all? Not even in practice? No. 
I mean, I've had my bell rung. Andy, no, knock him out. No doubt about oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been knocked out? No kidding. Wow. Nice. No. Holy cow. What, have you been hit real hard? Where you, well, you said you had your bell rung. Where yeah. It oh, took I got you a little bit. At the gym. You know what I mean? I have killers at my gym. Like Getch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Getch is pretty athletic. Yeah. His, son, his, his sons are killers. Those little guys. Team Getch. Wow. Shout out. They are going to be... They are really going to be something. I mean, watch for them. All they, four of them. They get in tournaments and everything, don't they? Yeah. I thought I remember hearing one of them. They're also, some of them. They also do pancreation, which is modified MMA <clears throat> already. Uh-huh. They're, they're, not, they're not allowed, being younger than 18, they're not allowed to do full MMA. But they can do modified, which is submissions and strikes as long as it's not to the head. And they can throw kicks. They can, they can do knees. Yeah. You know. I think Andy showed me a video one time of one of them yeah, in a yeah. fight. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Very aggressive. Yeah, the, the older brother Marshall, he's four and zero, and the, the younger one is three and zero. So they're both, they're both good. What's the youngest uh, that you train at Fearless? Uh, is I got there a limit. I well, I usually take them around five five years old, but I've had a couple of four and a half year olds. But you just have to evaluate them, make sure they're they're mature enough. Otherwise, they like run circles all over the place, <laughs> screaming, right, right, top right. of their lungs. <laughs> I mean, that's okay, but. It's just, I, you know, usually I just, I just tell their parents, like, you know, maybe bring them back in about six months when they're, when they're a little, they can hold their attention a little while longer. So when you're doing a training session, you don't want a game of duck, duck, goose to break out? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a bunch of, actually, we have, we have a bunch of crazy games that we play just to break up the monotony. But now the kids, you know, I've had some of these kids for about <clears throat> four years now, and so they're all grown, and I have to segregate one half the class, which is like, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, and then I have to segregate the other, you know, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-year-olds. So the good thing about it is the, the older students are really helpful to the younger ones, and so it usually works. You, you do more than just um, MMA there. You do, like, Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do Aikido for a while? Yeah, we did. Do you yeah. still do that? Not anymore. We had our um, instructor, he actually he had to leave. Um, he, he had something come up I guess and he uh, he took off it was like I think it was just a short program it was only like three or four months is he a is he a police officer down in <laughs> New Orleans <laughs> no Steven Skull come on people oh, <laughs> that's what I think of I, I was wondering if the uh, instructor is just sick of hearing people talk about Steven Seagal to him because mm-hmm. he was <clears throat> he's a person that I first have heard of or ever heard of Akita was. yeah Steven Seagal, but yeah, so and I think he he's like a he had a show for a while where he was a a police officer. <laughs> I remember seeing it. I can't remember what it's called. Every episode was like this. Uh, what you guys up to tonight? He's like, you're Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's beside the point. Is there a disturbance? No, you're Steven Seagal. <laughs> what did you first start training in when you were younger? Um, what I what did I do? Or? Yeah, like how did you get started? Uh, well, my father was a, a fighter. He was a pro boxer, just straight boxing. Also, he was a pro kickboxer back in the old PKA days when, it, you know, um, you know, like Rick Rufus was the champion and Dennis Alexio, those guys are like way old school. But he started then, and uh, I used to go to the gym with him and watch. He used to sit me down on the bench, and I used to just watch him, and he was, you know, destroy everybody. Yeah. He was a killer. Yeah, and... Uh, 
and then you know just one thing led to another he was teaching me how to how to fight and how to you know throw some punches and throw some kicks and you know it was never anything really organized um but i just always grew up you know with that with that mindset that fighter's mindset yeah we used to watch and i think we used to watch boxing twice a week at least like tuesday night fights and then friday night fights and constantly it was a it was like a lifestyle huh when did you switch over to the mixed martial arts it was it was after college i uh after college in at uw madison i had i had to like i had played soccer there and uh after that i had to like still find some way to compete i had to like keep my my competition drive going and so i uh, joined a a gym up there and it was jujitsu uh-huh. different than whatever my father did he was all stand-up my father and uh and so i thought it would be a good a good thing to pursue something different and i won't have the old man breathing down my neck right. trying to correct everything i do and uh and so i took it the third class and i excelled in it and then i started to do really well and uh man you know i started to be able to teach and you know after that, I jumped into MMA. It just it was awesome. It was like feeding the beast. I just wanted to keep uh, keep competing. Yeah. Keep how, testing myself. How old is your dad? Man, he never t- he never tells me the truth. Yeah. He he always lies about it. You know. He, he, you know. But I think he's I think he's about fifty six. Oh, so he's relatively I, young still. I seriously mm-hmm. don't even know how could, old he is. Yeah. Could you take him? My dad? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> He's a beast. Yeah. Wicked stand up game. One of those one of those guys that he just you know, like grabs you and just has a tremendous grip and can't pull away from it. Yeah. Just you know, the old man strength. There is something to be said about that though, and there yeah. You can work out all you want, but mm-hmm. Get a 56-year-old guy. He's going to be stronger. Than <laughs> you know, that vice hand vice grip. That, That's crazy, yeah. That old man. <laughs> I, have you tried recently? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I egg him on a little bit. Yeah. You know, I egg him on here and there. and he. Uh, you know. need the element of surprise. Shoot right for the legs. Exactly. Take him down. That's why I keep telling like, Where's your hands head. now, old man? Said, Dad, you don't, you, you don't work enough groundwork. You don't have any wrestling. Or <laughs> make you like a turtle and he's like well, c- come on try it son come on you know, he, he, he likes to he likes to egg me on too growing up I had three older brothers and we would fight my, my dad and he claims he stopped when we started getting the best of him but I never ever remember with all four of us going at him at once him just throwing us across the room left and right and I was like wow that guy's so strong. <laughs> I mean, I was a little kid at the time, but my brothers were older. But yeah, it was, it was always impressive, but I think uh, maybe that might be a big marquee match, you against your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd love that. Who is phone, whose phone's ringing? Oh, wow. Is that the office phone here? I think it is. My office, JBL? I think it's the office phone upstairs. 321 East Milwaukee Street? Oh, Come rent some office spaces. Maybe it's my dad. He wants to call him. He's like, let me in. Let me at him. I'll show him ground game. <laughs> oh, would you take him on sanctioned or non sanctioned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dip our hands in glue and glass. <laughs> like in, uh... <laughs> would you be Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs> Did you ever like any movies like that when you were growing Actually, up? Actually, I was a big Steven Seagal fan. My okay. father was too. He hated Van Damme. Yeah. He was like, always made fun of him. I don't know why. I was like, why didn't you like him? Like, <laughs> I kind of liked him. I didn't ever said anything to him. Like, I liked him. But he was like, oh, I don't like him. 
Fuck. His movies are always a little suspect, like that one where he's doing the splits on those. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, on the the uh, the rocks or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I watched. Uh, I had a friend, uh, Swanson. He was a huge Steven Seagal fan. <laughs> he was. So hanging out with him, he'd always make us sit through a Steven Seagal movie or two. And, <laughs> yeah, they weren't bad. I didn't mind them. Yeah. Especially that one where that girl jumped out of the cake. Remember that Never one? Seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a movie right there. I like that one. <laughs> so did you ever learn Aikido? I actually took uh, I took the class when um, the instructor Tommy he came in and I was actually doing it with him a little bit. Yeah. For one because you know there wasn't a lot of interest in it right away and I wanted the students to feel comfortable, you know, with the new instructor and also get other people to to try it out. And so whatever I threw on a white belt and I jumped into and he I was always his dummy. He's always hey, you know, taking me down doing stuff. This is just an MMA fighter. He was actually a Swedish Swedish gentleman. Oh, okay. So he had this Swedish accent, and it was funny, you know. And he, was, he was a nice guy. He was, you know, his class never really, you know, never really kicked off, though. So. Yeah. So. Where did he learn it? Um, I think I think he studied in Sweden. Oh yeah. And then he came he came to the United States, and he was like a he's like I think his real job is a Swedish chef. Masseuse. Oh, a masseuse. Yeah. And I thought he was like the from the Muppets, the Swedish. Wasn't he Swedish chef? The Orska Dorska do guy. A Swedish masseuse. How's that different from a regular one? Other than uh, not being. Asian? I don't know. He uh, he offered me free massages and I declined. So yeah, you know you're not you wouldn't want a dude massage. <laughs> yeah. That's what we were talking about that recently on the show. I, I would do a dude massage if. I don't know. I'd be willing to try it. Only if boxes were optional. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I air it out, you know. Dude, I took advantage of a free massage uh, Wednesday night. Really? It was awesome at a uh, wrestling camp. They had free massage. Was it uh, Michael Mack giving them out, or? No, it was the girl. Oh. It was an actual girl, but she was like, <laughs> going to school for a massage. Yeah. And I had to like do like so many like free massages and stuff to like get experience in massage. So she brought the table to the ringside and like worked, you tell her wasn't that good. Worked on no. shoulders. Oh, it was awesome. Had better. Like I haven't been able to like I can actually rotate my shoulder now. So whatever happened, it was working. I don't care. You couldn't rotate your shoulder before? Barely, man. Hmm. It's been crazy. Like for like months. It's been affecting your swim career. Yeah, it's been affecting, like, the podcast. Like, I can't get <laughs> the mic. Uh, it's crazy. Not throwing elbows. You ever broke anything yeah. while you're fighting? Yeah, I broke my hands a couple times each. Did oh, you know man. it while you were doing it? Oh, yeah. Did it hurt, or was it just like, I'm pretty sure this is broke? Um, yeah, it hurt pretty bad. I couldn't grip with it, yeah. and I couldn't really punch it. So I, started, I had to switch it and go throw elbows with that side. And if you do like John Jones, it's a little more... He seems to throw elbows pretty good. Yeah. He's got a pretty long, pretty long range, though. Yeah. So. You ever had one of those rubber band legs like Anderson Silva? Well, I never, no, I've never seen that before. Holy cow. But just, you know, just watching. That actually happens in Muay Thai a little more than you'd expect, you know. But in MMA, that's pretty rare. What's the Muay Thai? Like, what makes that its own thing? Um, like, Taekwondo is kind of like about kicking and karate is more about hands. Is that right? Uh, no, well, they're, they're both kind of, they're the, I'm not going to say they're the same, but they're both, their mindset's kind of the same. Yeah. Where they're more of a martial art, 
that his defense and offense. Like I would say the Muay Thai is mostly like just all out attack. Oh, okay. You know, obviously they defend too. They're very skilled. Um, they throw lots of power with all their with every single strike. And yeah, the Muay Thai guys, you don't want to mess with them. I've always heard that. Mm-hmm. What about uh, would you think? Would you look down on somebody if they were in a karate in karate? <laughs> I only ask because I heard you mention Joel Rogan earlier. Uh-huh. And I know that he, if he sees somebody with a karate shirt on, he'll be like, you know, that's like the worst one, dude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, uh, we have a, one of our instructors uh, is a black belt in karate. Yeah. He started at Karate America. And he, he went through, came up through that system, martial uh-huh. arts. And, you know, and then, he, and then I met him, and he, and he came over with me. And I've been with him for quite a while, and his brother as well. And they're, they're from here. They're from the Janesville area. And... Uh, they're both awesome now. Yeah. I mean, he's got a really good base, and he's very flexible from his, you know, his karate training when he was yeah. a kid. And uh, now he's, you know, he's, he's awesome. Like when I was a kid, I can remember when, uh, like, karate was like the popular thing, and like everybody's going to karate classes, and then kind of like, like judo was kind of this mm-hmm. newer thing that some kids were going to and stuff like that. I remember they had like judo up in Edgerton. Yeah. At like the community center or something like that, and then uh, but like everybody was going to karate, and uh, remember at the time I went to like taekwondo, like that was yeah kind of like people didn't know kind of what it was around here, you know it was kind of like a new thing, but I can remember uh, going to uh, I went to some private lessons just do it in town the chop shop dojo chop shop yeah right. I remember seeing those videos yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Like, I got a lot out of that. Like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, like a lot of kids, like a lot of people that hear about, like, kids in MMA or, you know, any martial art, and they think that, oh, they're just taking that to school and mm-hmm. beating up on kids or whatever, oh, like, bad attitude and stuff. But it's not. Like, yeah. really, like, and I'm sure you guys teach that. Couldn't be further than the truth. Yeah, though. right? Like, I remember, uh, I remember, like, when I was a kid, I was, I was like, a real small kid, and, uh, you know, I always got picked on a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I went to Taekwondo, and, like, man, it helped build, like, so much confidence. And, uh, like, I didn't even need to get into any fights after that. Yeah. Like, I was just, I knew enough to how to avoid them. And, yeah. you know, like, you trained, like, I could probably do some damage if, like, my life depended on it. But yeah. you don't sounds even like have a challenge. to. Sounds like a challenge. You don't even have to, though. <laughs> That's the thing. You know? Right. Like, but it's all about... Uh, I think it's more teaching, like, life lessons no, exactly. and stuff than it is hurting people, right? Yeah, I think, well, all our kids at, at, at my school at Fearless, they, wow, I mean, you would never even know that they train martial arts. Just every sing, I would say every single kid is just an awesome kid. They're, they're very good. A new, a new student walked through the doors. Obviously, at the MMA gym, they're very nervous and scared a little bit. And yeah. th- that kid has 15, 16 friends immediately. And it's just they're very nice, you know, they explain things. They help they help me teach. They help you know they're they're just they're awesome. And it's just the way you, you teach them how to be, you know, and um the the reason why they don't go beating people up at school or whatnot is because they don't have anything to prove anymore, right? When I think that's the one of the the biggest reasons why there are bullies out there and everything because bullies have to prove to themselves consistently that they're they're stronger than somebody. They usually target weaker people, obviously. They don't yeah. target someone that's bigger than them. They bully someone that they can overpower. And that 
just because it's that kid, that kid or, or even adults, adults do it too, they have something to prove to themselves. And kids that take martial arts, especially in my school, like they don't have to prove anything because they prove it every single day when they're at the gym. They I mean, work them hard. They, you know, they definitely get a workout. They definitely, uh, they train hard and, you know, they train their, their bodies and their, their, their techniques, but they also train their, their spirit too. That's, to me, that's more important. Yeah. yeah. You never hear, like, at least when I remember growing up, hear a lot about people getting in fights, but you never hear, you know, Ooh, you better watch out, that guy's a black belt or anything. Mm-hmm. Those people never got in fights, like you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think now, like, I assume you watch UFC. Oh, yeah. Who do you think is, in your opinion, the best fighter right now? In the world? Yeah. Overall. You know, overall? No, no weight class, no nothing, just... Overall, the most well-rounded. I would have to say Jose Aldo. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's. Uh, Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, he's he's amazing. Not just because he's uh, he's like so dominant, you know, with his striking. Obviously, he kills everybody with striking. But he's, you know, he he's so good that no one's even put him to the ground yet. You know, he hasn't. He hasn't shown off any of his groundwork because he's he's a black belt in jujitsu, but no one is like he fights amazing wrestlers and they don't even get close to him. They don't get a chance to take him down, and uh, I just think that's awesome. He's got he's a perfect mix of power and speed and creativity that a lot of fighters lack, and uh, you know I just it's going to be a long time before someone beats him. I think. So. No, oh, interesting. Who's was, you like, Chad? Who's your favorite guy? Uh, probably Nick the Promise Ring. You know who that is? <laughs> <laughs> he was on The Ultimate Fighter, and then he, he's like uh, undercard, like pre-fights all the time. <laughs> the Promise Ring. Hey, look him up. He's really funny. <laughs> I don't know. I like... I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't know enough to really say who I think is the best. John Jones sure is good, but it's, he seems like he's got a weakness, just people haven't really... Mm-hmm. There's times where he seems like eventually he's going to wear down, you know? Yeah. But then his legs are really skinny, too. That can't be healthy. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess... <laughs> he's got uh, some link to him, yeah. He does. His, his, like... Not that mine are all beefy or anything, but he's... <laughs> he's so skinny. <laughs> that can't be healthy. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I just I like watching any fights that's exciting. Like I'm not real big into the heavyweight fights because they're usually exciting for about 15 seconds, and you watch these guys just lay on each other and pants. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Andy? Who's who's your guy? I say Nick the Promise Ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Let's see. Ronda Rousey is really fun to watch. I know a lot of people hate her, yeah, but she is entertaining to watch. She's good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because she hasn't had a good opponent. I don't know, but yeah, she's good. Uh, I like a lot of guys. Yeah, I don't know. GSP is one of my favorites. Yeah, I like GSP too. He's pretty cool. Yeah. And he's he got his own app. So does he? <laughs> he's got his own app. Yeah, how could you not like those recipes, right? Come on. And he gets abducted by aliens while he's driving. Yes. Wait, what? I didn't hear that. Yeah. He was telling Joe Rogan that he thinks he gets abducted by aliens every once in a while because he can't remember where he's at and where he's been. So he thinks the aliens are taking him on a ship and erasing his memory. Don't do it, GSP, man. (laughs) You retired. He was retired on top. 
Don't turn into Michael Jackson. Maybe it's time for somebody to take a break. Yeah. All those all those years of cutting weight and <laughs> always worried about someone beating your ass. Right. <laughs> Gotta be stressful. He always seems so calm though. Maybe it's his French accent that's tricking me, but he never seemed like he was ever stressed out about anything. But yeah, GSP was probably one of my favorite fighters for sure. Yeah, I just love the way he fights. Um, he hasn't finished a lot of guys lately, but you know when he was younger he did. Now he's, oh, well, I guess I should say before he retired, he uh, he kind of played it safe a lot. Yeah. You know that's why he was criticized a little bit. But love, I loved his style because again he was another one of the mix of speed and power and. His wrestling was really good. Yeah, it was like that. How good he was utilizing that. But he, uh, um, you know, I did a lot of research on him. I wanted to fight a lot like him, and uh, you know, I, I did a lot of research on him. And he and he does get pretty nervous. He's pretty vocal about his how he feels, his fear of oh, fighting, yeah. and and I think he, when he lost, he was like really devastated by that, and he had like well, had to go through a little counseling to get him back on the winning mindset and uh, I kind of like that I like how he's very open not, not really afraid to hide hide his feelings or, or whatnot it's kinda, it makes him seem like a real human being yeah. right not just a not just a, a world not champion a superstar I did I did hear Rashad Evans talk about how he that he doesn't get nervous leading up to the fight he'll be fine he'll be in the zone ready training everything nothing he's like I'm gonna win and he said about two seconds before his music hits he's like the hell am I doing? There's yeah. got to be a better way to make money than this. <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. I think everyone thinks that for sure. Now, when you're in a fight, like a professional fight, does it does it help to get punched? Yeah. Just to get it over with and yeah. be like, all right. It honestly does. It's uh, you kind of settle into the fight. I yeah. think. And it, it, what if somebody punched you backstage? Would that help? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I see I see people like not me when I'm warming up my guys. I don't do it, but I see other coaches like will slap their guys and yell at them and get you know. Oh like, man! Oh, oh, oh what's, what's going on? <laughs> it's already adrenaline that he's using. Not even not even step in the cage. So we don't do that. They train a little different over that. <laughs> everyone conquers their nerves different ways. We have a pretty good system that we do. And everyone's nervous no matter what, though. No one wants to get there. you got to be nervous. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. No matter what, you're going to get punched. Mm-hmm. Would you punch Andy in the arm as hard as you can? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Would I? <laughs> I'd ask you to, but I, I got up really early. He <laughs> just got the massage, though. He can't right. yeah, do it on that arm. Yeah. <laughs> good arm. Now, what goes into the name Fearless? Why, why did you pick that? Because um, that's the way, the style that I wanted to fight. Um, I thought, for one, I didn't want to sound all cheesy or whatever with the name when I was trying to think oh, about yeah. so what, what was one of the, the essence of what I wanted to get across with my gym. And and honestly, that's what it is. It's like we fight. Our style is, is pretty much fearless. We, we, we don't worry about about losing because we're we're a huge family and no matter what we lose you get knocked out in 10 seconds which never has happened let me say that <laughs> but, but <laughs> if you get knocked out in 10 seconds that everyone's still going to be behind you and you know be right there for you it's the best part of our my school for sure that we we're and i'm even not even exaggerating we're a huge family everyone gets behind the people that are fighting the last the last just the last show that we were in uh, beloit i think i had like 
30 of the students and their parents and their friends and family, everyone come out and help us set up the venue and take down the cage. And it was awesome. Those, every, these people are awesome. I, I just love it. You know. Is that your cage that they use for those fights? Uh, the ones in the white work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a nice advantage for us. We yeah. Fight in their own cage. That makes yeah. a difference, huh? It it kind of does. Home field advantage. Yeah. You a little go bit. in, you go in, you're like, oh, I'm used to this. Yeah, I'm more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. If the, actually, the one of the big things is before. You know, I used to fight in Minnesota a lot, so I used to always before the fight, you go and step inside the cage. You know, move around a little bit and kind of get the feeling of it. Some cages are more bouncy than others. Some of their cage links are looser than others. So if you, if you try to block a takedown, it's sometimes harder or, or easier, depending on the cage style. Something you got to accommodate yourself with right away when you're, when you're uh, warming up. Yeah, that's something you don't think about is the cage. Yeah. Isn't there a place called Shark Bite? Mm-hmm. Edger, Edgerton. Why did they pick their name? Do you know? Uh, well, <laughs> <Should I ask them? laughs> well, their owner is, uh, is Bill Finn. His name is Bill Finn. Oh, and okay. his name is Bill the Shark Finn. Gotcha. So that's why. That makes sense. Sure. I always thought that was an odd name for a for a place, and I think you guys at that last Beloit one, there was some fearless shark bite matches. Yeah. Did you fight somebody from Shark Bite? No, I fought a guy from Chicago. No. The the one that that I fought, I I didn't fight this most recent one. Uh-huh. But the the time before that, um, last year I fought, and it was a guy from Chicago. It was a guy from like he fought in Bellator. It was actually a pretty big fight. It was the main event. But that night we did pretty well. We got, well, you know, out of nine fights, we won eight of them. So nice. it's not too bad. Yeah, really. Not bad at all. All right, I think we're going to take a little break here. And we'll come back. I want to ask you about uh, who's the guy that just got kicked out <laughs> of UFC. Oh, yeah. um, anyways, we'll get to it. But uh, here's an old clip uh, from a show a long time ago about uh, Stone Cold ET. We'll yes, right I love this clip. It's <laughs> awesome. What else we got up here? What else we have? Oh, yeah, we'll stick with the... So we're doing videos. We're a little uh, Stone Cold E.T. <laughs> oh, let me bring it up. This was also on our page that uh, I think... Well, I know me and Andy enjoyed it, and my brother Tim, number one fan, super fan Tim, enjoyed it. Yeah, we got to get Getch to do some of this. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought that's of. That's hilarious. Now... Matt, have you seen this at all? Uh, just the short little uh, tidbits I've seen here tonight. I've been highly amused. All right, well, let's go ahead and play it. For everybody out there, it's a guy. Oh, hold on. Go ahead. It's like a guy in his car at the drive-thru. At a White Castle. At a White Castle. He sounds like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he's wearing a E.T. Halloween mask and, I assume, a hooded sweatshirt. And the audio is funny, and if you haven't watched it, watch the video, because it's... And I believe in the passenger seat, holding the camera is Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. The Stone Cold E.T., and I just want to hold a couple White Castles to go. He's, like, bouncing. I'm sorry, can you repeat that again? I said, Stone Cold E.T. <laughs> would like a couple cheeseburgers and maybe a drink, and I'd like to get out of here as soon as possible, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> hey, do you want to come up? I can't understand anything else. Doing the head motion. Stone Cold E.T. to pull up what side? Just pull up to the first window. Okay. <laughs> 
It's like a full-headed E.T. man. Yeah. How can you drive like that? <laughs> That's like a long drive. You know Stone Cold E.T. <laughs> She's not even opening the window. <laughs> the wrong window. <laughs> I guess you can't see that well. <laughs> Good thing he's driving. <laughs> he's sticking his finger out like an ET. She's about to open the window's closed. She's going to open it in a minute here. You'll know when she does because he doesn't stop talking. Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> oh. How is he not geeking out? I have no idea. <laughs> Everybody's inside talking. We're saying something. Here we go. It's so cold, E.T., and I want to order a couple cheeseburgers, and that's the bottom line. Cause you know Stone Cold E.T. Life will come to White Castle Roll a couple of cheeseburgers To fill me up Before I whoop some ass Give me a hell yeah If you're down with Stone Cold E.T. actually stone cold it doesn't get old uh, every time yeah that's all he's got to do now oh Poor stone man. Cold. it never gets old every time I watch it I can't stop laughing he has other ones too but I, I haven't pre-screened them that's funny they might not be funny but stone cold E.T. apparently um, there was a study done that says uh, that says meth um, can actually be helpful to fight the flu. Really? Yeah. Is that the next big thing, medical meth? I, I don't know what the next big thing, but uh, the study was done um, that found that uh, methamphetamine may possess flu-fighting properties um, against the uh, H1N1. And that was actually but, found by a scientist that studied it for three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, never got the flu. It's crazy. I can't find that here on the list. I suppose I don't really need to find it. Well, it's it doesn't matter. It's just a quick story. But um, yeah, they basically they did a study and um, basically over um, 
a 48-hour period. It, oh, here it is. The one that says meth helps fight the flu. There you go. Right, why'd you make it so cryptic? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking too hard. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the first line. And they say meth never did a body good. Well, you know, really, like a form of methamphetamine kind of helps you with the flu as far as, like, Theraflu and all that. Isn't, like, pseudoephedrine and that, and that, you know, kind of gives you the energy to come back? And Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it does. I think uh, in something like this, you know, I think the the recreational drugs have good uses, you know, in small doses, you know, uh, and depending on what it is, like, you know, you know, the the medicinal marijuana. Yeah. I mean, that's another recreational drug that people use and uh, for medical reasons. And I, you know, I think if it's controlled, you know, by a doctor or scientist, you know, I think it could help. You think they'd ever do meth, though? (laughs) Probably not meth. I mean, do you see meth replacing the flu shot? Uh, That'd be great if they're like, did you want the uh, uh, dermal one, the one that goes in your muscle, or did you want me to fire up this bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Get the spoon out. We got another one. (laughs) Here, just put this uh, band around your arm. We'll just tap that off real quick for you. We'll get you out of here in no time. You'll be fine. The effects will wear off in about a week and a half. You'll get some sleep, and you won't get the flu. Hey, hello everybody. I'm glad to be here. 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 Okay, we're back. The first Asian American podcast. Yes, it was Trail Sonnen. Uncle Cha Cha. I always liked him. I tried to fix your mic, Sam, but I see it didn't fix it. But um, I always liked him because he added an element to it. The the character element oh, yeah. to <laughs> to the fighting, and uh, there's not much of the character stuff anymore. Like a lot of the characters, I think there are characters, but there's not as well known because it seems like there's a generation of fighters that's just kind of starting to retire and go away, and mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the new fighters all kind of seem the same. They seem like yeah. whereas Chael, even though he could never really win a fight to save his life, it felt like um, it was always entertaining to listen to him jump yeah. on the mic and talk bigger than he is. <laughs> I remember the first time I seen the guy, I'm like, what is he doing? I'm like, why is he doing that into the microphone? (laughs) Oh, your microphone didn't fix itself. Okay, Okay, but but yeah, I I found him really entertaining. The fact that he's gone now for good, I thought he'd be good on just doing commentary and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, oh well. Yeah, it was interesting how they let him go with even commentary. Yeah. I guess to get a band. Yeah, that's crazy. You could have Andy come to Fearless to do train kids on vignettes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you something, Patrick. (laughs) You're around greatness right now. (laughs) But I don't know. I was watching movie Kick Ass Two the other day. I had to watch it again. On. I was on HBO Go, so I'm like playing a little, playing Kick Ass too, and I kind of forgot about it. Chuck Liddell's in that movie. I don't know, he's just randomly like, he's uh, uh, trying to train the heel, like the heel in that movie. The kid pays him to train him. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's right. 
and then he just uh, he can't fight. Like he just gets whooped on. So he just he just tells everybody he's like, I'll pay you to be part of my crew. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Dana White telling a story about Chuck Liddell. They're outside of the comedy store in Los Angeles. And Dana was talking to somebody inside, and Chuck was outside. And Chuck had a few to drink. And he walks outside, and Chuck Liddell's like leg-kicking people. People are like, no, 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 do it to me next, do it to me next. He's <laughs> like, no, you can't just be doing that in public. <laughs> I think that was right around the time of his last fight. He's like, I think he's losing it. But Oh, but you said you broke your hands, both hands? Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Do you have to get pins or anything in them? Or? Um, no, I've been lucky so far with yeah. that, but I just had to let him heal. Where exactly did you break your hand? What part? Well, uh, the first the first time it was just I hit one of them, I was actually just training and I was sparring with uh, one of my hard headed partners and I hit him on the top of the head. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even through the glove and through hand wraps, I still like I said he's had a hard head, and uh, I broke the just like a boxer's fracture, just like across my my pinky bone right in my hand. And then the, while I was fighting another time, I. I used the same hand and I punched and I think I broke it on his face. I'm pretty sure I did. And I, the bone broke like lengthwise and Ooh. so like it split oh, kind man. of. And so that was, that's hard. I still have trouble handshaking people now. If you have a strong grip, I'm always wincing a little bit ah. <laughs> because I still feel it. But yeah, you know what happens? My left hand's the same, you know, just sometimes this happens, you know, they're, they're moving or throwing. You're throwing the tool to knock their head off, and sometimes you you don't hit the the way you'd like to. So it comes with the territory a little bit. I've actually never broke my hand on somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any cool stories like that. I hurt my wrist riding my daughter's bike a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I and I didn't fall off. Like really hard, like a couple of weeks ago, and it hurt really bad. <laughs> but never broken. Oh broken. man. Did you get a cast on it? Yeah. Yeah, just a hand cast. And then people are like, what happened? You're like, ah, somebody's face. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's what I want. I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I want a cool story. I fell out of a tree and broke my foot once. (laughs) (laughs) You can literally say you should have saw the other guy. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. You haven't broken any bones, have you? Um, No, not really, no. Stu, Tony, broken bones? How'd you do it? Football in high school, and then uh, I broke my, my other arm, motocross. Yeah, see, there's another one, motocross. Stu broke his uh, doing motocross. I broke my finger trying to catch a basketball once. <laughs> see, I don't have anything cool, like <laughs> motocross. or. Yeah, I never broke anything. Got my feelings hurt a lot, but I never <laughs> broke anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump out of an airplane and just purposely land bad and break up. It's like, ah, skydiving accident. Not a big deal. <laughs> Happens. I was strapped to another guy, but... <laughs> his falls, whatever. I, I broke his fall. It's just what I do. <laughs> so do you have any fights coming up? Yeah, October 4th. I'm going to be fighting up in Madison. <clears throat> I'm going back home. It's going to be good. You know the guy you're fighting? Not yet, actually. This happens to me all the time. I swear. How do you arrange a fight? Like, is just is there a promoter? Yeah, the promoter is like a Vince McMahon up there. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh, the Chosen Few Championships. It's called the promotion. 
Yeah. And, uh, they basically run out of Madison, and um, you know they they called me up and wanted to know if I'd be able to fight on their card and possibly headline it. That'd be great if I do. Mm-hmm. But you don't know who you're fighting. No, they still haven't sent me over the contract or anyone. I don't know if they're having trouble finding somebody or. You should at least ask for some headshots or something. You yeah. <laughs> somewhat an idea what you're gonna be facing. Some stats. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I know it's something with me though. I always, uh, always a mystery until the last, yeah. you know, month or sometimes. I've I've fought when I don't even I go into the cage and don't know who my opponent is. Like I'm like, all right, who's gonna be? They come out of the locker room. Like, oh, okay. That's you. Gotcha. Right. You know what I mean? yeah. Redhead or something, right? <laughs> so. It's the extent of what you know about him. Yeah. Oh, I know what you look like now. <laughs> what if somebody came into Fearless and said, I want to learn how to fight, but I want to wear one boxing glove and then just fight with his hand? <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would probably let him try because I would like to see. Like that would be a story that I would have to tell people. I gotta protect the left one, but I'm going at it with the right. People to know where it's coming from. That's what I'm thinking about doing. That's how I want to break my hand. <laughs> Although I might be the guy absorbing the face punch. You ever broke anybody's hands from them punching you in the face? Not that I know of. I don't think so. It's not that hard, that hard of a face. No. <laughs> how did you win your three fights? Uh, Jesus. The three, the three pro fights you're talking about? Yeah. The official pro fights? Official ones, yeah, sanctioned. Um, let's see. The last one I won on decision. It was a split decision. It was close, close fight. Um, I wasn't sure that I won it, actually, because I, uh, you know, like I was, on, I was on my back the whole time, and he was a better wrestler. I was I was upset, pissed off at myself because I was I allowed him to take me down. I was like, I'm not getting one takedown before the fight. I was not getting one, but he got me about two or three times, and he was able to keep me on my back the whole time. I was trying to throw up submission after submission, and I probably hit him with like a hundred elbows to the head. And he was a tough guy, you know. The, the judges, I think, like like that I was striking, attacking. He was just kind of laying. Yeah. So, so I won that one with a split decision. Um, the time before that, I think I won. Man, I'm trying to think of the ones that I were. I think I won by by rear naked choke. And then before that was a, I think it was nice. a TKO knockout. No. All right. Yeah. See. Nice. So. Yeah, it's my favorite. Was it a fast one that rear naked choke? Yeah, I think it was. That was like a. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's been so long. Yeah. It's uh about about a, a minute or so, minute and a half. That's got to suck. Not for you, but for the person. You train so hard. I think that when I watch the UFCs, especially if it's like a main event mm-hmm. or a title shot, somebody gets their title shots, their big debut, and then 20 seconds into what they've been training months for, they're done. Yeah. Oops, somebody accidentally got their arm around my neck. So would you care if, like, so you got booked for this fight coming up. You don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. But what if the other guy had full stats on you? So yeah, that would be, be interesting, right? That would be true. crazy, right? You know what? I should probably call the promoter. <laughs> You're going to scout a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, my game plan only slightly changes with the opponent. You know? sure. And like I said, I've fought so many times, you know, and in, in, I'm used to anything now. Whatever comes at me, it doesn't matter. I have to fight, like, huge guys, really strong, muscular guys. 
you know, fight skinny, flexible guys or, you know. Did you fight on ESPN once? Me, no. Okay, we must be thinking of somebody else. All right, never mind. I think my nephew's a liar. I thought he told me that you did one time. (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) I think you'd remember that. (laughs) We were on ESPN, but... Yeah, we don't need to get into that. That's another story. Um, do you have a finisher, like a favorite move, like that you like to finish guys with, or anything good, like? I mean, whatever it takes. I try to knock everybody out. Yeah, okay. I do, you know, and if I, usually what happens is, you know, if if uh, if I start getting better, them standing up to try to take me down, but then it's like exactly what I want because I'm I'm a black belt in jujitsu, so. It's like perfect, thanks, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you, just, you just fell into my trap, kind of. So that's what I that's what I usually do. And like I said, that's why I went style berries. It depends on the person. Obviously, if they're an amazing wrestler, I'm probably not going to try to take him down. I'm trying to stay stand and bang for you know, as long as I can. If they're in, like amazing stand up, you know, stand and bang as long as I can, and no. if not, I'll take him down. You know, we'll see. So. What about? Uh did you guys hear about War Machine? Yeah. Oh, my God. They got him. Did they? They I caught him. They caught him, yeah. Dog the bounty hunter get him? No. He I heard he was going after him. No, well, what they said was is Dog went to the gym that he trains, asked a couple, <laughs> asked a couple oh, really? questions there, Yeah. went to War Machine's house, knocked on the door, no answer. So that was the extent of his search, I, I believe. The crack bounty um, hunter. But somebody else got him. They nabbed him. Uh, was anybody crazy. surprised by that? That guy's a lunatic. Not surprised at all. Some of the right? things he was tweeting was ridiculous. Yeah, right? dude was crazy. Yeah. He blocked me on Twitter. That's not the only reason I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did block me, yeah. I just kept, because Andy kind of introduced me to him. He's like, you got to check this guy out. He's a lunatic on Twitter. And he just he's just your typical alpha male, you know, meathead. So I kept, I just wrote stuff like, thanks for the follow, bro. Stuff like that. <laughs> and one time he'd tweet me back, say, I'm not following you, dickweed. <laughs> so I, as soon as he did that, I'm like, oh, now it's game on. So I just kept writing stuff about how we're buddies. And, and then finally, one day, I tried to write something to him, and it just sent me to this page about being blocked by somebody, and he finally blocked me. Yeah, that dude's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so everybody didn't hear. He beat up his girlfriend. Like bad, and the dude trying and to the finish dude, her off. Dude. Like two people. Now did that dude get away? No, he was still in the house and all this was going yeah. on. Oh my god! Beat the crap out of him too. Crazy. He's a scary guy. They had an interesting relationship, him and that girl. From Twitter standpoint. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, they were. They put I some mean, intimate pictures on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, I think she was a porn star. So I mean, I guess it's not really. Just yeah. another day in the office, but. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's too bad. It's a good thing they caught him. I hope he goes to jail for a long time. In the sounds like he's trying to kill her. So. Yeah, okay. I wonder if he'll use that uh, property war machine tattoo as part of his defense. I'm just curious. She has a tattoo. She of that? does. <laughs> it's crazy. That never ends well if people get. I know that's not his real name, but I have some friends who just got their chat their names, a husband and wife. Got their names tattooed on each other. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, I've never heard of that working like out. Jinx. Like, <laughs> and I think he has like her name tattooed on his throat, or something like that. 
It's like, crazy. Like The Undertaker, he did that for a while. Yeah. There's nothing Just better than, you know... <laughs> I was like the under, I was like the Undertaker. You know, he comes out and he's he's this dead man walking, tough guy, everything, and then he kind of like does that thing with his eyes. He look at his neck and he says, "Sarah." <laughs> oh, it's Sarah on his neck. <laughs> Ruining your gimmick, dude. <laughs> oh man. Oh, holy cow. So when's your next fight? October, you said? October 4th, yeah. October 4th. I might have to go to that. Yeah. That'd be fun. Nona Terrace, as far as I know so far. That's a fancy place. Oh, nice. nice. Oh, my God. That's where that dude jumped off. Yeah. Into the water. He filmed it with his GoPro. Really? Got some huge fine. Yeah. There's this awesome video on YouTube, and this guy uh, goes up to the roof and, like, uh, hops the rail, and then uh, he's got, like, this GoPro, and... Uh, his buddies are down in a boat in the water, and uh, he, like, throws his shirt down there. He has the GoPro, and he just kind of paces back a couple times and jumps right off into the water. <laughs> swims to the boat. They take off, and uh, he posts the video on YouTube. And then, like, news ran with it. Everybody wants to know who it is, what his name is. Oh, you should come on our show and talk about it, blah, blah, blah. As soon as he does that, fine. He had like some six hundred dollar fine. Did they really? Yeah, crazy. Funny, funny story. I was with my. We didn't have a babysitter. It was a couple weeks ago, so it was me and my two year old son, and uh, he's watching cartoons. So I grab my iPad and I start watching uh, like skateboarding videos, mm-hmm. and inevitably that leads into a Steve O video. So as I'm watching it, with my daughters, it doesn't matter what I watch. They absorb nothing. They'll watch anything. It doesn't matter. I'm watching a Steve-O video, and he's on top of a, a hotel, like a three-, four-story hotel, and then he dives and does a flip into the swimming pool, which is just nuts. Oh, so I'm like, holy cow, whatever. And all of a sudden I see, a couple minutes later, Jack's on the back of the couch, and he's getting ready to dive onto the couch. And I'm like, no, no, get down. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. And it didn't really click in my head all that much. But then he's sitting there watching it again, and Steve-O's doing kick flips on a skateboard. Next thing you know, he's on a drumstick. Like a wooden drumstick, and he's like, he's like kicking it around. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, note to self: don't watch certain things in front of the boy. <laughs> oh, man. oh, and then he had a sword. He was trying to uh, skateboard on a sword, and I'm like, all right, but he's fearless. So you may be seeing him when he gets a little older. <laughs> Perfect. And he loves loves to fight. Oh my God, he'll. You, I I've tried to tire him out before, and after like an hour, I'm not even exaggerating, I'm finally like. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can only throw you down and have you throw me down so many times. But. We're actually oh, out of man. time. This has been a great show. It went by fast. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, what? Uh, how many days a week you guys train? Six days a week. Six days actually, a week. Actually, no, now seven. We have the new wrestling program now, so seven, seven days. And you guys are on uh, right off Highway 14 there? Yeah. Uh, so the Repass Lions Quick Mart? Right, yeah. On the right? Yeah, right. right. All right, check out uh, fearlessmmafighting.com yeah. and fearlessmma on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having me. It was fun. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again uh, before your fight or maybe even after us, Egan. Yeah, for sure. Tell us what it's like to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I want to, you know, I'm just one of these days I'm going to break my fist over somebody. 
<laughs> Actually, the older I get, it'll be easier because I seem to be getting hurt really easy lately. So, anyways, for Andy Anderson, Chad Cherney, it's been the Open Mic. I listen to all you prize fighters who don't want to meet defeat. Listen to all you prize fighters who don't want to meet defeat. Take a tip from me, the of Joe Lewis's beat. Now he's won all his fights. 23 or 4 And left 20 of his opponents Lying on the floor They all tried to win But the task was too hard When he laid that hound bone Up against that board Listen all you prize fighters Don't play him too cheap If he lands with either hand He'll sure put you to sleep I bet on him. He knows just what to do. I'm talking to you. Now he packs dynamite in his left. He carries a plunging right. Either one will make you groggy or as high as a kite. He charges on his opponent from the beginning of the gong. He batters them into submission, then they all sing a song. I bet on the brown bumper, for he knows his stuff. And lays it on his opponent until he get enough. Now he's a natural born fighter who likes to fight them all. The bigger they come, he says the harder they fall. Like terrific left, boys is all he needs. But that six ain't right. Come with lightning speed. Listen, all you prize fighters, don't play him too cheap. Take a tip from me, the off Joe Lewis is beat.